Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Welcome to the Skill Stadium podcast, episode 74. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Keith Williams. Every week, I'm here to bring stories from professionals in the skilled trades, business owners, educators, giving real-world advice. We don't run any ads on this podcast, so if you find value, please share it and leave a review. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we are going to talk about career opportunities in the construction industry. You are going to learn about an organization that is helping students and career changers get qualified and connected with employers who are ready to hire them. My guest today is from Evanston, Illinois. That's a suburb of Chicago. He is a community outreach manager for the Construction Education Foundation of Georgia, known as SEFCA. He has a master's in communication, over eight years career experience in his field. He's worked with a homeless shelter that's worked with veterans in Chicago. He is proud of winning a Pinnacle Award as a result of leading a clothing drive for the homeless veterans and who are working with those duties. He actually, with that award, was flown into Chicago and got to sing the national anthem. So he has a man of many talents. During his free time, he enjoys thrift shopping at Goodwill. Please welcome Jared Fry to the Skill Stadium podcast. Jared, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? Excellent. Excellent. Jared, when you thrift shop, have you ever been able to find something at a good deal that is a high value item that, you know, something like a, a rare card or rare coin or something that was high value? I would say so. There's been a few different furniture pieces that I found. I found jewelry once that was worth quite a bit of money. So yes, every now and then you find your lucky pieces. For sure. Excellent. Sort of like treasure hunting then, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. All right. People don't sleep on uh, Goodwill hunting. There are a lot of gems out there you can find, as Jared has shared. Absolutely. Jared, talk to us. You know, you were living in Chicago earlier this year before moving to Atlanta and starting the role as a community outreach manager. How did you learn about this role being that you were in Chicago? Yeah, so um, by way of LinkedIn, I was actually contacted by one of my team members, and we just started having a really good discussion around a, very, a, a certain role that they were looking for at the time with my company, and then the rest was just kind of history from there. But yeah, LinkedIn has been an awesome tool. I agree, and funny that you say that. You and I connected through LinkedIn. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I saw an article. I, I, I think it was a post on the work you were doing. And I was very familiar with the organization. I reached out and you were very gracious and kind enough to accept my invite. And now we are talking, which shows you the power of LinkedIn people. I can't stress, you know, I'm sure you've built a lot of relationships on LinkedIn. So have I, it's an amazing tool. I agree. You live in Atlanta now and have a job because of LinkedIn, a job with the current company. Right. Yep. Yeah. Shout out to LinkedIn for sure. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I think we live in a time where your online presence really creates opportunities. You know, uh, I have a saying, no one is just going to show up at your door and say, hey, Jared, I've got this great job opportunity for you. 
your neighbor told me about you, that you have a lot of skills and talent. They're looking for you on LinkedIn. It's online. And so, uh, you know, it is such an asset. Please share the primary duties of your role. What, what do you do there? Yeah, so I would say it's twofold. On a business partnership side, I have the opportunity to travel all over the state of Georgia to meet with various community leaders to discuss partnership opportunities with the hopes that we will engage their their clientele and hopefully make connections where people that are in their programs can use our program as a resource for economic development opportunities. And then on the recruitment side, I work directly with students or applicants rather who are interested in our program and I pretty much guide them through that process, all the way from enrollment through the graduation process. Can you tell us a little bit more about the partners for people who may not know when you refer to partners? Because that, you know, what type of organizations or businesses are you referring to as partners? Yeah, totally. I would honestly say any type of business partner or organization, be it a nonprofit, community service-based churches, oftentimes there's youth high school programs that we are partnering with, but we speak with specific stakeholders who have clientele that serve those type of populations so that they can route or connect us with people who are looking for opportunities. And then we provide a training program that will help them learn the skill trades industry, receive credentials, and then a job placement component is attached with that as well. Mm -hmm. I also would say that when you look at what's going on in the economy today, particularly retail is not as secure as it used to be. You know, there's a lot of um, automation going on. These skill trades are a great opportunity. And, and these programs, they, you know, they don't take a lot of time to, uh, to right. qualification. So the barrier to entry is not that high, but the return on your investment is because again, you know, we, you know, you went to college, I went to college, you know what that costs, right? Uh, you know, so, and it's an alternative for people not saying there's anything wrong with college. I'm saying that for people who are not taking that path, this is a great path for them to consider. Absolutely. And with our program, it's actually 20 days. So students who go through our program are able to potentially have a job match at the end of our program. We have about a 97% success rate currently of placement. And that's been since 2014. So I think specifically when we're talking with high schoolers, sharing that as an opportunity and letting them know this is a great way to kind of set up your future with the mindset that you can still go back to college as well. And also a lot of companies pay for college. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like go under your belt because you never know how that can come in handy later in the future, especially in routes of like entrepreneurship. I agree. Um, I want to just repeat that, make sure people didn't miss what Jared just said. He said a lot of companies pay for your college education. That's a big deal. And, the, you know, that there's a huge benefit to that. You're getting your education is getting paid for while you're making money, while you're working, because they're, they're only paying for your education if you're working for them. So um, that's just a win win, you know, and another reason why you should consider this program. You know, how do you measure, because I, I heard you say you have 97% placement. How do you measure success with what you're doing? What does success look like for Jared when he goes into work and does his job? I love that question. So to me, success is based off of really aligning with the student that I'm working with. So in the beginning, we have conversations. We do 
information sessions where we're able to speak with them and really hear their intrinsic motivators and extrinsic motivators. So I align with that and I really listen to what they're saying. So if they're saying like, you know, I'm recently switching from working in accounting, but I realize that I'm just kind of tired of the monotonous type of schedule and I'm looking for something that's a little different, then as we're going through the program and discussing different routes, I'm making sure that that final solution that they're looking for aligns with that and also giving them a practical outlook of what that is. For some of our clientele, they're currently in between what I like to call in between seasons. So they're not working, but they're looking for opportunities. So just getting their foot in the door for something that can lead to better opportunity for things like their family or for personal and professional goals that they have outside of construction. This is a resource and tool that can help them provide for their family or for the goals that they're setting. So my favorite thing and how I venture success is at graduation day, when I see them crossing the stage and they're opening their letter and afterwards when we kind of talk and they're like, I did it. And they're telling me what they're going to do next. That's, that's success to me. I love that. I think it plays to a strength that I see in you, which is your empathy. You know, oh, thank you. And, you know, you relate to people. You have to have a caring heart about people and their well-being to, to be successful at what you're doing, you know, because you really invest in these folks. So I, I, I see that just listening to you. And so, you know, that's a very satisfying part of your job, I would imagine. So, very much so. Especially nowadays with the pandemic going on, there's been so much loss and both with life and job opportunities a lot of people have had goals in mind that had to kind of come to a halt. So being able to step in and share a program and align again with someone and collaborate with them on getting from point A to point B, that makes it worth it. I also wonder with the pandemic, Jared, if people have seen like they've seen death and they've seen, you know, we've seen some negativity going on in the world with the pandemic, if it makes people reflect and say, well, this is if there's ever a time for me to step out and do something new and do something that I would not have thought of doing now is the time. Cause it changes your perspective when, totally. when you see what's going on. I wonder if you kind of felt that or seen that. Yeah. I think every now and then after an information session, you, we experience that when our students, the ones who are really ambitious and they're like calling right after the call ends and they're like, I'm ready to go now. Like I heard the information session. I'm like, we're going to call you. Like we got the next steps. Because we have like additional steps that we like to do just to make sure everyone's set for success. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of people who are more ambitious or kind of looking at things like it was on a bucket list or I've kind of been procrastinating about this. But right now I know this is the time or for a lot of people, especially who have lost older family members, you often hear stories where they're like, I know my grandmother or grandfather would want me to do this or they'd be proud of me to do this. So that's kind of that extra push as well. Sure. So talk to me about the program and who's eligible to participate, because you mentioned students and you mentioned people who are, I would say, are in between jobs. So that's kind of a, a range of people. You know, we, we get the students, we understand that. But what about maybe folks who are a little older who, you know, now have to venture into a new career? You know, that's always challenging. Talk to me about the training program and, and who's coming through that program, who's eligible. For yeah, that. absolutely. So our program is designed for anyone. So I'm glad that you said range. We are for anyone who's 18 years or older. Um, you can't be currently enrolled in high school. You do have to qualify for tuition assistance. So once you speak with us, we'll connect you with the appropriate 
partners that we work with to determine if you're eligible for the program. If so, you'll receive a voucher which covers the program. We do drug screening, so we don't accept drugs in our program or the use of substances for the safety of both the student as well as their teammates that are on the team. They'll do a background check. We're extremely background friendly. The only two offenses that we don't accept currently are methamphetamine convictions and sexual offense convictions. And that's typically because the clearance for certain projects just require certain clearances to be fulfilled. So we don't want to set people up for failure. They'll also take a TAVE assessment, which is a literacy assessment. We'll have them attend an information session, our onboarding and our industry evaluation, which lead up to the first day of class. But other than that, must be physically fit, able to lift at least 50 pounds. And class is a full 20 days. So you just have to be in class Monday through Friday from 730 to 5 during that time. Okay. No, other than really it. Yeah. No, that's not bad. I mean, that's, it's 20 days. <laughs> that's, and that's the goal so quick. Yes. That's a lot of information though. What about, I'm curious for people who are a little older, maybe in their forties, fifties, how do they handle the transition? Cause I went back to school in my, I want to say my mid thirties to do my MBA and that was hard. So I know that's gotta be challenging for people who are in their thirties and forties and fifties. Cause I, I believe it's never too late to change careers. So are you seeing, share with us some examples of people who are older. You don't have to give us specific examples, but you know, just let us know if you've seen people who are older and what were the challenges and how did they overcome it? And how are you guys helping them? Yeah, honestly, we've had older people come through our program. One specific was in Savannah. We had an adult who was 66 years old and he he was like a historian for the community. So he really brought in a lot of lessons and kind of wisdom for the younger people, but he was able to move just like them. So when it came to like the team building exercises, like collaboration for building picnic tables, he was right there in the mix as well. And I think that empowered, honestly, a lot of the younger people because when they're ready to give up, you have someone that you're looking to to the side and you're like, you know what, if they're doing it, I can too. And vice versa, I think that the young people in our program often kind of inspire our older adults as well. I could see how they could learn from each other. That's a huge benefit because there are things that that historian at 66 knows that the average 20 something year old is just not going to know. You know, you, so I, I think it's a win-win for both. They both can help each other. So that's that's a great story to to share. Again, if somebody who's listening to this is in their 40s or 50s, it's possible. It's definitely possible because, like I said, you have an example of somebody 66 who successfully completed the program. So you're never too old. Can you talk with the pandemic? You know, with the pandemic, we've seen a lot of career changes. What concerns are you hearing from people who are interested in going changing careers? So again, what are the concerns that you hear just because of the pandemic, you know, in terms of people wanting to make this transition? Yeah, I think the major one is just, that general fear that you have anytime you're switching to the unknown and not knowing what it looks like. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about construction because it's it's been kind of antiquated. We think of construction and we think that you're just going to be getting dirty, but there's so much technology 
that has been advanced and evolved with construction over the years. I think imposter syndrome is really big, um, not feeling like you belong and not knowing how to navigate a space. So we're always trying to empower people and let them know that there is a space for everyone. I think there's a lot of uncertainty around salary expectations, but it's an industry where you can make a lot of money and also just grow with different career paths as well. And also, I think the last one I would touch on is the thought that it's a male-dominated industry. That's true, but it's diversifying a lot, and you're seeing a lot more women go into the industry. And even with our program, we're seeing a lot more um, representation of women in the program as well. Definitely. I, I think that there is a big need for women in construction. I'm a huge advocate for that. I'm also a bit of a disruptor. I like to see people who are not properly represented get an opportunity. That's just me. I just just feel like everybody should get the same opportunity. And I feel that it enriches the environment that you're in when you have you don't have the same folks, all of the same people. There, there are things that women are going to bring to that role that are going to help men who have not been working. And women are also extremely detail-oriented. So <laughs> uh, that's just a fact. So uh, they're, they're definitely going to be an asset. Also, I might remind people that there are a lot of different jobs in construction where, as you were saying, it's not what people traditionally think. There's like project management roles. There are office jobs in construction. Am I correct in saying there, you know. All right. Even so. project, um, project management, painters fall into that. Prior to even starting this role, I knew very little about construction. So I'm always amazed. I'm like, oh, that falls under construction. Like you would be surprised what is classified under construction. But yes, there's a lot of different paths that you can take. The other thing I might add too is that when you have a profession that there's a demand for jobs, I feel like people are treated better because if I can't, you know, if I, you know, think about it, if you own a business or a company and you know, it's hard to find people, you're not going to, you're going to do a, you're going to make a little bit more effort to keep them happy. So they stay as opposed to risking losing them, you know? So I feel like people who are considering this profession should really think about that. You know, the fact that, there is a shortage and there is demand will influence how you're treated and also will influence how you're paid. So agreed. Yeah. So, you know, we know there's a skill gaps, there's a skills gap and it's getting worse, you know, because we have these workers who are starting to retire. And if you, how do we close the gap and get more young people into the skill trades? That's a great question. I think the first one is changing the narrative of construction and getting rid of antiquated mindsets. So just kind of reframing what construction is, having conversations with children at multiple levels, obviously the ones that are the most appropriate for them that are digestible, but creating conversations so that people are introduced to it. I think as children get older, creating connections to what they're doing and showing application of how it ties into construction are important. And also empowering students. I wish this was more developed when I was younger, but STEM, seeing the different activities for science and for math, technology, engineering, there's after-school programs, there's camps during the summer. Getting involved with that is a really great way to, I think, introduce construction too, because there's such a tie with what you're doing in the STEM world to construction as well. You're going to, it's all it's cohesive. It touches. I agree. hundred percent. You know, at the end of the day, it's really exposure. And like you were saying, I, I'm wondering at what age we should start, if we should be starting this in middle school, high school, 
What's your take on that in terms of when we should start reaching these kids? I think it can start as early as, honestly, kindergarten when there's building blocks. Because although you're not giving concepts of construction, children just getting into the routine of playing with blocks, especially if it's guided and you're kind of like building something with instruction, it's teaching them how to how to learn ultimately. And I think as they get older, you add different layers to it that kind of touch on that where I'm from in Evanston, we had woodshop classes. So there were periods where I feel we were kind of a little bit more connected with what we can do with our hands and just different routes outside of college. I know over time, it seems like that's kind of removed from the schools, but I'm excited that it's starting to be placed back in. So I think that that's just like a reshaping, understanding that there's there's other ways to learn and there's other career paths that don't necessarily require formal education. I like that. I like what you're saying, the hands-on training and starting from a young age because you're planting those seeds. I think that's the that's really smart. And so they understand why they're doing it because that's that's what I think that's what um, I think is an obstacle for a lot of young people. It's young people are smart now. They're not just do it because I say so, you know, right. that, that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> uh, I was joking around with my wife the other day where I, I was trying to get my, my, I think it was my, my daughter to do something. And my wife was like, well, you know, you've got to, you know, you got to sell her on it. You got to tell her. And I was like, you know, when I was growing up. My dad <laughs> would say, do it. Cause I say so. She goes, that's, exactly. that's dead. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> so, we're much more inquisitive. We have a lot of questions and yes. we have ideas too. So I think, I think giving children that freedom to kind of explore those spaces, though, as well, and as adults sit back and kind of pay attention and then share also plays a part in that, too. 100%. That makes sense. I I like that. And I think if you start, like you're saying, if you start from a young age and you give them that exposure, then it's just a question of them getting further exposed and seeing if that connects with what they enjoy doing. I like that. Well, we need it because we do need to close this gap. Yes, we do. So one of the things that with skill stating that we do is we have a, we allow job seekers to create 30 second videos, elevator pitches, and up to and three 60 second videos demonstrating their skills and knowledge. I know it's important to bring the right people in for an interview. Do you see value in a video in terms of helping people promote themselves or build their online presence? Yeah, absolutely, because it plays to your senses. I mean, even the person that you interviewed prior to today, I was listening to one of the points that he made, and he was just talking about technology being such a great resource, specifically social media. And I I couldn't agree more. The use of video and um, kind of just quickly sharing information, it attracts to a sense that I think is really important right now. I agree. And, you know, another thing, too, I feel like is that, you you build a better rapport when when you can see people and you can you know like we've seen how zoom you know with the pandemic how mm-hmm. video has become a standard now and you know everybody has a smartphone right so yeah it helps us to stay connected mm-hmm. yeah and i think through video too it's easier when you're looking at something and trying to figure out if it's for you it's easier to identify yourself in it when you can see it 100% 100% and I also feel like somebody who has less experience can use video to sell themselves. So if I didn't have, so if I don't have a resume with years of experience, I can then talk about, well, here's where I think I bring value. Here's where I have strengths. Here's where, you know, it's bringing the application to life is how I see it. 
Totally. And, um, so that's, that's, you know, that, that's why I see video as an asset. So I was kind of curious about your, your feedback on that because you're kind of in that recruiting side because you're dealing with the students and you're helping them to stand out and get hired. So I was curious, you know, what your take was on video. Yeah, absolutely. We use video when we're doing our information sessions. We're huge on Zoom. So Zoom is the platform that we use for that. But we also present video and we have different kind of resources that we show throughout. So I think it's a great component that kind of adds an extra layer of application and builds excitement for the student that's looking to do our program or even the community leader that's looking to learn more. I think some of our videos and material are really good captures where it's like, oh, wow, this is like a really good thing. Yeah, I've seen some great videos on your website of students who've gone through the program. And that was very impressive, very impressive, because uh, it just draws your attention. If I'm looking on a site, I'm always going to look at the consumer video before I read something. It's just, I don't know, it's just easy to do, I guess. You know? And so uh, and it brings the applicant to life. Like, you know, it's a lot more powerful to see a video of somebody than to hear somebody write something up about them. Yeah. Because you know, you're hearing that person say, hey, I went through the program. Here's what happened. Da, 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 da. Oh, oh, OK. I, I can understand. I can see the emotion. I can see. That's more that. authentic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so can you share three resources that for someone who's interested in learning about a career in construction about your industry? Totally. The first one I would say is BYF.org. It stands for Build Your Future. This is a really good website. It just gives a general overview of the industry and will really walk you through the different career paths that you can take. For the state of Georgia, you can actually look at actual salary breakdown. So I think that's a really good idea when someone's trying to get a better idea of what their career path and you know money will look like. Um, another website is called agc.org. That's the Associated General Contractors of America. They're a leading as- association for the construction industry. So just lots of resources, again, there. And then, of course, I would have to say constructionready.org, or you can visit the sefka.org website. But that is our website that talks more about our program and will give you a link so that you can attend an information session and learn more so that hopefully you're a part of our class. Excellent. And and folks, we're going to have all that information listed in the notes of the uh, podcast, there'll be notes that'll have all those resources listed. So if you, uh, can you repeat them one more time, Jared, just for people who might. So the first one was BYF. It stands for buildyourfuture.org. The next one is agc.org. That's the Associated General Contractors of America. And then the last one is constructionready.org or sefka.org. Both of those, sefka is the company Construction Ready is our program, but that has all of the information about our 20-day program. Jared, something going on that you're really excited about? Yes. I'm really excited for Thanksgiving. I'm going to go to New Mexico. That's where my some of my family's from. Um, recently, we had a passing, so we're going to get together. Thank you so much. We're going to have a memorial to celebrate my aunt. And then, of course, just good food and good times with family. I haven't seen them in a while, so I look forward to being around them. Uh, Excellent. Excellent. Well, I definitely wish you safe travels. Thank you. And final question for you, please share one point you want to get across to our listeners from the perspective of someone 
considering a career in construction? My final thought is don't wait any longer. Um, this is a great time to make a decision to try something new. Or if you've worked in the construction industry before and are looking for some type of sign to return, here is the sign. This industry is for everyone. There's so many different opportunities for you to grow. Entrepreneurship is a huge thing. Working for really good organizations is also a great thing too. But yes, please don't don't delay any longer. This is a great time to reconsider uh, what you're doing and make some changes because we're getting ready to go into a new year. So why not start off with this as a new goal? Excellent. Jared, are you comfortable with sharing your information and people contacting you? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Jared Fry. You can send me an email at jared.fry, which is spelled J-A-R-E-D-F-R-Y-E. Don't forget the dot in the middle at sefka.org. My phone number is 773-425-4134. And you can contact me with any questions or learning how to get started. I'd be more than happy to help you. Guys, I, I really have to say something. That's amazing when you see someone who's willing to give their email and phone number at someone who's really dedicated to their craft and dedicated to helping folks. So uh, if this is something you're interested in, please, please contact Jared. Take full advantage of that. Jared, I really appreciate this. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the opportunity. My, my pleasure. I wish you a wonderful day. Thank you again. Likewise. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.